better lock the doors, turn up the radio, strap yourself in. Because it's time for the Matt Wyatt Show. The guy who's the color commentator for Mississippi State football and SEC baseball. So, yeah, he brings a lot to the game. And he's right here. Right now. now. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hey, what's up? Here we go. Live with you on a Monday, starting a new week, and we're starting it in style, live and in person at uh, the Hilton in downtown Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, about a driver pitching with uh, driver, driver three wood to TD Ameritrade. Live in the lobby here, starting a new week with you in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau Insurance, go with the home team. They are your home team. Uh, Bill, you got me loud and clear. Hear me okay? Are you sounding uh, good? As good as you can sound. Yeah, you know, for a hack. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. it. Bill, hope you had a great weekend. Can't wait to talk to you about some of the stuff that you uh, partook this past weekend from Country Pleasing and Country Meat Packers. We'll get into that in just a bit. Yeah, if you all are tuning in. This there, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. I brought some with me on the trip, so we'll talk about that. But if you're tuning in uh, on the radio, y'all feel free to text me in the country, please, and text line. We'll get to your texts and phone calls on the Divinity phone, on the live stream. Hey to everybody there. Let me set it up for you, and then we have a special guest here uh, that we're going to start kind of the baseball conversation with today. Uh, I'm Matt, Farm Bureau Studio, live in Omaha. This is the Hilton, downtown Omaha. It is the team hotel. Um, Big, huge lobby here. And just a little bit ago, I ran into this guy, and I'm really glad I did. A friend from many years ago I hadn't seen much lately, Brad Freeman, a star of those late 90s baseball teams that made back-to-back trips here to Omaha. He was a shortstop for Ron Polk uh, on those teams. And he's on your radio right now in the Farm Bureau studio right next to me. Brad, great to see you, man. Yeah, you too, Matt. So uh, here you are hanging out in the lobby. Did it bring back any, you know, coming back into Omaha, bring back any memories as uh, being a player? What, oh, was yeah. it 23 years Don't ago? Don't say it. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was yeah. a while back. We were here in 97 and then again in 98. So I'm um, rolling up last night. I rolled up with a couple of buddies from uh, Oxford. We rolled in about 1 a.m. Um, so it definitely did. You know, seeing the, the Omaha sign, you still get that. Ooh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, it was I remember awesome. what that was like. Yeah. Um, you uh, and, and I should say too, anybody watching this, a big sports fan, knows that since then you've become an, an official, a football official, yeah, Southeastern right. Conference NFL, uh, which is really cool, but really kind of a conversation for another time, yeah. I'm sure. But uh, from a baseball perspective too, you also have a family connection to this team. You were telling me earlier, what is yeah. that? Yeah. So uh, my son Luke, um, freshman, I guess he'll be going into his sophomore year, but finishing his freshman season. Um, he, he was able to get on with the team as one of their managers. So uh, he's uh, he's kind of living and dying with every pitch like we all are. Yeah. And so it's been real fun to kind of rekindle that love and then have your son a part of the program. It's yeah. really neat. What do you make of this team for State? Wow. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the pitching jumps off the screen early, and then you have a, just an amazing special year by Tanner Allen and and Rowdy and all those uh, those guys. They just – they, they just don't go away, and I think that's what everybody loves about them is just how, you know, resilient they are, and they're going to play all 27 outs. And yeah. so um, just a special, obviously a special team with, with what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, you know, and following them through the year, you, know, you mentioned Tanner Allen. It's like every great team has somebody that – 
not that carries them throughout the year. A great team's a great team. Yeah. It takes a lot of parts. But those great teams usually have one bell cow, yeah. at least one, that nobody can get out. Right. And he's kind of been that for this team this year, hasn't yeah, he? Absolutely. I mean, put up the numbers he's put up. I mean, this is yeah. this is a very difficult sport to play. And then, you know, you see him, it's like when he gets out, sometimes it's like, what? I can't. I didn't get out. It's yeah. A, He's uh, obviously had a special year. I mean, to be SEC Player of the Year um, is amazing. But you're right. you got to have, to, to make these deep runs, you got to have a player or two players really just have amazing seasons. Um, and obviously, Tanner Allen's done that for the club this year. Yeah. You know, um, Brad, um, watching him, I, you understand the game technically. Watching him hit the ball the other way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it seems like there's been so many big moments, a couple of walk-offs for him where, you know, his ability to, yeah, turn on the ball. Mm-hmm. They don't want to pitch him inside. You know, they don't want to give him a chance to hit the ball over the fence because he'll yeah. do that. He's shown he'd rip that ball down the right field line into the That's corner, right. you know, and he can really run. And so people would stay away and challenge him, see if they could get that weak ground ball. And then he just hammers it in that opposite field, left center field gap. Is that the hardest thing for guys to take that next step in college, and that is get to where they can hit it to all fields with authority? Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, high school going up, you're, I'm going to pull this ball in the left center gap if you're a righty, obviously. But it it is something about lefties, too. Lefties just seem to have that ability to slap it in that right center gap. Um, I don't know if it's just – I don't know why, but – uh, he's you know, he's definitely dangerous to all all parts of the field, and I think that does come with as you progress in the game, um, you'll see kind of the older veteran guys be able to do that more and more. And I know Rowdy's able to do that as well. So. Sure, yeah, hit the all fields, yeah. the top of the lineup. Brad Freeman on your radio right now. Brad was starting shortstop, 97, 98, back-to-back yeah. trips here to Omaha. That's right, Rosenblatt. Yep. I never did get to come and see Rosenblatt. I never saw oh, it in man. person before they tore it down. Yeah, that's like a, I guess like a magical memory walking up. Uh, Everett drove us by the stadium when we landed here just so we could see it. And it was like the whole bus was like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's what we see on TV all the time. Yeah. And then stepping up to the plate, that first at bat, I think we played Alabama first year in 97. Were you the lead-off hitter? Um, I I was in 97 and okay. 98. I was, I don't know, third or fourth. But okay. um, just stepping up to the plate, I mean, you really have to collect yourself and kind of go, wow, this is actually about to happen. I'm about to hit a Rosenblatt. And, you know, it, it just is. It is what it is. I mean, we all grow up watching the College World Series, and it seems just like this far-off distant land. And then yeah. when you get here, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's real. So yeah. it's really neat. Yeah. As far as those experiences in the games, the tournament kind of, you know, the grind of you play, you're back to the hotel, you play. And, of course, you know, I was thinking about this today. Baseball players, we, we probably should remember they've been doing this tournament format stuff. They've been doing this for years and yeah. years, going out of town, you know, yeah. and staying and stuff. But uh, what stands out at you, to you about the experience you had in the late 90s on those teams? Yeah, you know, in um – in 97, the, the one thing I remember is, is like, when you get here for the first time, you are, you're a little starstruck. And not saying you're glad to be there, but there's a part of you like, hey, 
at least we're here, right? Yeah, you right. know, we're going to make a good run of this thing. And I think we went one and two. We, we lost to Bama, then beat uh, UCLA, then lost to Bama again. Yeah. It's like the SEC tournament all over. But yeah. um, And then in 98, and, you know, this is kind of how, how the club is now. In, uh, you know, 98, it was more like, hey, we've been here before. And we're, we're let, let's make a good run at this thing now. In our in our case, that didn't happen. We beat Florida, and then uh, man, we lost to LSU with the wind blowing out about 20 miles an hour. With Eddie Furness and all those guys. I still have nightmares when he comes up to bat. Like he hit. I think I've seen him hit 20 home runs. I guess it was yeah. amazing. So um, yeah, he was pretty good. He was he was not bad. He was decent. He? Yeah, <laughs> a decent ball player. So it you know it does help, and you can kind of see it with this year's club. Like, hey, guys, we've been here. We've seen this thing. We know what it's about. And that plays a huge, huge factor. You know what? That's interesting you said that because this morning I was doing an interview. Somebody was asking me that question, and I'm trying my best to describe it. I didn't go through it as a player. I've just watched it. But the, the, the way this team has been able to come from behind and play behind yeah, and, you know, win one-run games and then win those one-run games when they're trailing – Sometimes by a large margin in these ball games, and I just pointed out, you know, two things. One, Lamonis reminds them. He's talked about it. He reminds them, guys. Just remember, the last six outs in Omaha are the hardest six outs to get for um, some reason. Why is that? <laughs> I wish I knew. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's uh, you know, it's kind of like when you're driving somewhere. I mean, we got into Kansas City last night. In those last 120 miles or whatever was so long. I know it, man, and, no and doubt. The last 90 miles on that highway coming yeah, here like we're goes on for 190 miles. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly why the last six hours are the hardest to collect, but maybe it's just because, hey, that sense of urgency really spikes and, like, hey, we got we got six hours. Right. You know, we, we, we've already – burned if you will 21 we got to we got to do this right so um to answer your question i really don't know i guess you know i guess it sort of speaks to pressure having an effect on people yeah right like i'll be honest with you as, as a former you know played a little ball my sport was football but you know played others coming up you kind of want to block that out. I, I, I resist the thought of mm. uh, pressure bothers you. Pressure will affect your performance. Well, it's like you're almost permanently trained to think, no, uh, it's not going to affect me. Yeah. But when you consider like a golfer, and if you've ever, no matter how confident you are or whatever, you've yeah. ever grabbed a golf club and, and addressed a ball, and now you've got to hit it, and all of a sudden there's about 15 or 20 people yeah. watching you, and your body will react differently. No doubt. And I guess it's, I guess the same is true in other sports. It's about well, overcoming yeah. that. I mean, the players know what everybody else knows. Like for instance, everybody in the whole Mississippi State Nation wanted uh, Leggett to get a hit. Right. Right. <laughs> well, he, he knew the uh, the situation in hand as much as everybody else did. Right. You know, and everybody was just pulling for him. So, um, some guys have the ability to perform under pressure, and I think you see a lot of that on this squad here is their ability to kind of go okay we got a lot of pressure here it is what it is let's let's perform anyway yeah you know it's um it's interesting and i think different personalities too you know isn't that true that there are some guys who 
perform a little better mm. under that intense pressure than they maybe do other times. Yeah. And then there are other guys that are vice versa. Um, what were you as a player? The tighter the situation, the better you perform. Like, how, how did you feel about that? You know, I – I would just I would go up to every at bat. I mean, like again, the player knows the situation at hand. He knows his bottom of ninth, one out, whatever it is. And so, um, you know, as a former player, I would just kind of just identify the moment for what it is and look it in the face and go, "Hey, this is a big moment here." But so what? Let's go out there and do it anyway and perform. So that was just kind of my approach to it. Was you know, if you choose to play at Mississippi State, you're going to have big moments. And you just got to square it up and see it is what it is. Let's, let's right. do it anyway. You know. Um, you almost expect it when you sign on the dotted line, don't you, at some point. Yeah. I mean, you're, the stakes are going to be high. Right. You're going to be at Duty Noble with 15,000, and you got to win the regional right here. So mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. No pressure. Um, well, and that's, you know, it's like I say, you know what you're getting into. But that's what athletes want. That's what players, they want that yeah, moment. Absolutely. You know, I heard Tanner Leggett talking about that. And, Brad, I mean, you can speak to this. So there's a guy who, you know, he yeah, he'd prefer to be starting, not a starter. Right. Early in the year, he got some significant playing time in the left side of the infield when some guys got moved around. That went away. Yep. And, you know, if he goes in a tank – if he lets his attitude go south, if it, it, you know, if he decides I'm better than this and just sort of gives up on it, oh man, um, that situation didn't happen the other night. No, it's a, uh, you know, I, I, I've never met Tanner Leggett, but just it, it, it really has to speak to his mental toughness. You know, like like you said, he played, was playing their base some, and their DH and I guess James, I think, and you right. know, and, um, but. You know, for him to not have an A-B, I think I read since May 22nd. And then he had an A-B against Virginia. And then, you know. And it was a pretty good at-bat. I remember it was a base-loaded situation against Virginia. And it's one of those where, you know, he worked the count a little bit. Um, I think he maybe took a strike. And then he gets in a situation. He's got to make contact. I mean, he can't go up there and watch, Mm -hmm. swing and miss. And he hit a pretty sharp ground ball, just hit it to a guy. You sure. know, and, and it wasn't a bad at bad at all. And I sometimes wonder if a productive out like that is can actually be a confidence builder for a guy. Oh, yeah, because all you can do is just hit it hard. Like, yeah. you can't necessarily control where you hit it. You hit it hard, and sometimes they, they snag, sometimes they don't. But um, the, the mental toughness that he displayed, you know, in that moment, he didn't sit there, oh, I'm not playing anymore, and pouting. He got his chance. He made the most of it, and that's – that's, that's amazing. Amazing Sorry. moment for him. No doubt about it. Brad Freeman on your radio right now. Uh, if, if you're a Mississippi State baseball fan of a certain age, I hate to say it, but that's the way we are now, Brad. You're not the same age. But, I know. I know. You know. There are certain fans that don't remember us because they weren't born that's, yet. That's correct. Okay, but if you're, <laughs> if you're a fan of a certain age, you remember Brad as that starting shortstop on those back-to-back Omaha teams in the 90s. So you went. You were on a team that went back-to-back here. Yep. Um. So how do you put in perspective the accomplishment of Lamonis and this team making it three in a row? Now, I know the first of the run was another coach. but yeah, that's right. I mean, I'll just state the obvious. Making it to Omaha is very, very, very difficult. You know, it is not um, – you know, I told my son, I was like, 
you don't get to go to Omaha every year, you know? Yeah. And so making it to Omaha is a very difficult task. And, you know, for them to, again, speaks to their resiliency. Yeah. And, um, but having been in the moment to have to do it the, the previous two years, it just, it just helps you so much sure. being in that moment. So, um, and we went in 97 and 98. In 97, we had to beat an amazing Washington team. And that was the back of the format where there were six teams at eight sites. And so I think we had to win four games out of the loser's bracket. And that was just a grind. And then, then we beat uh, A&M at A&M to go. So yeah. it's not a, it is not an easy thing to do. And for the club to go three times in a row is, is tip of the cap for yeah, sure. No doubt. Fans get to really have a good time. Um, and, you know, and it's easy, I think, also to take it for granted. But I feel like having been here consecutively, I think you have a state fan base that comes in here for this championship series. Not taking it for granted. I mean, they know it's special to be in a title series. But I think there's a – I think people have come in here ready to yell and scream their way to a national championship. They're not just happy to be here. Oh, yeah. You can just sense the – like a good edginess amongst the fan base like let's do this you know um and and i i, I feel like that's going to rub off on on the team because heck being out here as long as they've been out here winning these emotional games like they have right there's going to be some just fatigue that sets in and so i i uh i get the sense the fan base is really gonna gonna help the boys out i think so they're calling it that dude effect have you uh you know here at the hotel you know all these people coming through Mm -hmm. have you run into people you know former teammates classmates people you know coaches um well you were the first okay i ran ran into a couple guys i know that uh there's some guys on the teams that i played on that are coming up uh Barry Patton's come up, our catcher, and Rusty Tom said he's going to be here. So I'm sure I'll run into more people um, throughout the day. I, I drove up here with a, a former player, Niles Norris. He lives in Oxford. Okay. Um, and his son, Spencer, is uh, actually Luke's roommate. So we all just okay. we rode up. But, How about that? Yeah. So it really is a family. No thing. doubt. Yeah, a couple generations for yeah. you and others. It's really neat. And I saw Coach Polk earlier, and I talked to him. Yeah. But he he very intentionally came walking through the lobby about as fast as his legs would take him. Yeah. Because if he stops, he'll never get out of here. Yeah, it'd be a two-hour venture for him. <laughs> and he no knows doubt. it. Yeah. There's no doubt. He probably had his cigar going. May have. Yeah. It may have. I believe it. You know, okay, so they let him get away with smoking in Starkville. Yeah. They let him get away with it in Hoover. I wonder if they let him get away with it here anywhere. You know, I don't think he would care. I, th- I think he would do it anyway. He, you know, and that's something he definitely shares with Jack Crystal. Those two guys, they just don't care they don't if care. anybody lets them do it or not. No. We'd be on the bus back from Arkansas or somewhere, and he'd light it up on the bus. Yeah. And, you know. What are you going to say? It is what it is. What are you going to tell Coach Polk, really? And those bus windows don't roll down. No. It was just, just breathe it in. <laughs> breathe it in. Yeah. Uh, he used to. You know, you guys playing foreign baseball, um, those football teams. You were on our football team one year yeah. uh, there at State. And he'd come in, the home games, here comes Coach Polk walking around the locker room 30 minutes before kickoff. He'd shake everybody's hand and wish us good luck. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's just a, 
You know, yeah, he's an icon and he won a lot of games, but there's a little bit more to it than that. There is. There is. He's, he's amazing. He really is. Brad, it's great to talk to you, man, and uh, it's good to see your face. Yeah. Catch up. Same. As well. And I know that we have a lot of folks that are listening that are glad to hear your voice and glad you're here and maybe to bring us a little good luck. Hey, let's let's just get to. That's all. Let's get to and get out of here. That's it. You know, somehow, some way. Somehow. It's going to be tough tonight with Lighter on the mound, obviously. But, yeah. you know, uh, State's kids have played them before, and they hit him a little bit yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. So maybe there's some confidence there. Blurry. I just hope the first guy that reaches first base tonight pulls a Brad Freeman, takes his batting helmet off, and <laughs> spins it like a basketball. That's I what I remember just, about you on base. I don't know. I was just nervous energy, I think. You know? And I could... I, I don't know how you did it. I don't either. <laughs> I could just do it. It's a weird It's a weird uh, uh, gift, I guess. I hear you. That's good stuff. Brad, thanks, man. Talk thanks, to Matt. you soon. Okay. See you. That's uh, Brad Freeman on your radio right there, um, hanging out. His son's here as a member of the managerial staff for State. Uh, they've got friends in Oxford uh, who are up uh, with them, um, roommates from the past. Their sons are roommates that know each other well. And in just a little bit, we'll have a chance to catch up with uh, Big U. His name is Everett, Everett Kennard. Uh, we'll sit down and talk a little bit with us. He's the bus driver that you keep hearing about here uh, for Mississippi State. All right. Um, I know the music's going to start in about a minute. Real quick, though, Bill, I just uh, want to tell you it, – if we even if we wait to the bottom of the hour, I I had a chance to catch up with Bill over the weekend, and we loaded him up with some country pleasing sausage and some other goodies. Mm-hmm. And so, Bill, we're going to get a full review <laughs> from you coming. Up. I'm eating everything, man. Just <laughs> just if you yeah you you couldn't possibly have eaten everything. No, no. Um, for sure. Okay, so uh, that's coming up. But in just a few minutes, we'll talk with Everett Kennard, the bus driver for Mississippi State, has been for a long time, and not just State. He's driven a lot of baseball teams and coaches and players all over the place. And so he's familiar with Omaha, and his job's been getting them around, even though we're not that far from TD Ameritrade. Live from the Team Hotel in Omaha continues coming up. Stick around. At this time, we are proudly required to present, present more of the Matt Wyatt Show. We have another totally awesome episode for you today. All right, here we go. Back with you live in Omaha, Nebraska, here on this uh, Monday, kind of starting what uh, is going to be championship week for either Mississippi State or Vanderbilt tonight. Game one, Bulldogs and Commodores, best of three national championship series. About a driver and a three wood. Now that might be generous for me. Some of y'all might can hit a driver and a three. But it's, it's that close. Uh, I'm looking through the glass doors on the, sort of the back side of the lobby here at the Hilton in downtown Omaha. This is the team hotel where coaches and players and lots of Bulldog fans are staying. And I can see uh, the big, you've seen it's big lights. Uh, poles, light stand, whatever it says, TD Ameritrade on the back of it. It's that close to the stadium. And then sitting even closer, right here to my left, is the man responsible for transporting Mississippi State to and fro in every sport, not just baseball. Everett Kennard, longtime bus driver for Mississippi State, uh, sitting here to my left. Everett, it's always good to see you. Thanks, man. It's always been good to be around you guys. Well, uh, so how many, how many years... How many years have you been driving that bus with the Mississippi State logo on it? 
I just finished my 38th baseball season. I'm, I'm in my 38th baseball season. We're not through yet. You keep going, you might catch Jim Ellis. <laughs> no, Jim's like that old pink rabbit, man. He's just going to keep going and going and going. <laughs> he, he is something else. I saw him uh, when I first got here to the hotel. So this is about 1030 this morning. Uh, I was on my way in. He was on his way out. I said, hey, Jim. He said, hey, and he shook my hand. He, I could tell he was in a hurry. I said, don't let me hold you up from your walk. He said, I wish I was going to walk. He said, I'm going to do a TV interview. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, you know, he's, uh, he's getting the treatment, too. Everybody wants to talk to him also, kind of yes, like sir. you. He, he, he does a ton of those things. Yeah. So tell me about um, this uh, baseball team, Ever, the, kind of this, the makeup, the character. Everybody keeps asking, you know, how are they able to win these one-run games? How are they able to come from behind? You're around them on the bus and in the hotel. What do you see from them? Matt, I see two things, and, and, and it boils down to leadership. I think it's the leadership of your three guys that have been out here with so much experience. You know, you know Tanner Allen, Rowdy Jordan, and uh, Josh Hatcher. Those, those guys have been out here. They've, they've uh, done the do, and they can tell these younger guys what to expect and, and how to do it and all. I think there's tremendous leadership and has been all year out of those guys. I think it's tremendous leadership out of Chris Lamonis and his staff. I think uh, that they've done an outstanding job of keeping these kids uh, keyed in and down and up. It's, you know, they've told them, don't get too high, don't get too low. That's been the motto. Yeah. And I think it's very obvious from what happened to us toward the end of the year with Missouri, with the SEC tournament and all. And uh, now they're on a the roll. They, they're here for business, and they understand this. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, you, um, you've made a lot of these trips yourself. You, do you know – Omaha, kind of like the back of your hand by now? <laughs> well, this is my 11th trip, and, and I'm going to tell you, Omaha has changed. I mean, as you well know, we came from Old Rosenblatt in the zoo area out 13th Street to downtown, and we used to stay out in the perimeter areas. Now we stay right downtown, and TD Ameripark is uh, TD Ameritrade Park is so sterile and so new and yeah. so modern, and old Rosenblatt had all those old ghosts up under it, and the atmosphere was just unbelievable. The ball flew out of Rosenblatt. It doesn't fly out of here. It's getting better, yeah. but it, it doesn't fly out of here like it did at Rosenblatt. Sure. When Brad was here a minute ago, Brad Freeman, shortstop in the 97-98 back-to-back trips, he remembered the first trip, 97, coming in, and he said, they very intentionally drove us right past that ballpark so that we would all see it. And they, he said Everett slowed down a little bit to, so that we'd all get to be able to take it in. He said, and that's when it sort of hit him as a player. Holy cow, I'm about to play here. Yeah. Yes, Do you sir. remember that? I, I remember all my trips. I, I remember all 11 of my trips. And uh, different teams handled it in different ways. But, uh, yeah, yeah it's, it is it is special to play here. And I think that's the reason I – feel like Tanner Allen and him have been such leaders because it can be overwhelming. Tanner Allen's got a, uh, a haircut that's kind of overwhelming. <laughs> but I say if you can grow it, grow it at this point in my life. This is what the Fox Hall and I were talking. Coach Fox Hall and I were talking the other day. Somebody had said something about Tanner's under, uh, his, uh, his pants, his uh, baseball pants, <laughs> and how tall they were. They'd cut off. And, you know, uh, Foxy said, well, said, uh, here's what you do. He says, you don't cut your hair like uh, like uh, Tanner, and you don't wear your pants like Tanner. You just play like Tanner. <laughs> so I thought, that was, I thought that was pretty good. That is pretty good. If you could accomplish that, yeah. you'd have it knocked. Um, 
And, and let's not, you know, forget now that leadoff guy too, uh, Rowdy, who's setting the table there for Tanner Allen. You, you mentioned him from a leadership standpoint. You talk about a guy who, you know, not only has developed as a player but physically. You yes, know, sir. Rowdy. I mean, from the time he was a freshman, Rowdy's got to be 25 pounds heavier than he was then. But they've just worked. They've worked so hard. they bought into it. Uh, those guys have been through so much, guys. And, and uh, they've come in with this staff now. And uh, this has been a tough year on everybody. I don't have to tell you with COVID and everything, these guys have been through the ringer. But here they are. They're playing for the national championship. Yep, pretty cool. Everett Kennard is on your radio. He's sitting to my left here. We're in the lobby of the team hotel in downtown Omaha. You can probably hear the noise. There's a lot of people here uh, trick, uh, trickling in, trickling out. There goes Spencer Price walking around here behind us. And I'm sure there will be more people here, Everett, as we get closer and closer to game time. Hey, since we're so close, do the players actually get on the bus? You take them to the stadium? or? Yeah, and, and in the past now, all week, because there's been two games a day, we were taking batting practice over at Creighton or at University of Nebraska, Omaha's field, practicing there on days off and things. And so we would go to Creighton first and then come back to TD America. Now, because there's only one game a day, you take BP on the field. Uh-huh. But can you imagine with the Mississippi State crowd in town how hard it would be for these kids to walk just that short distance? <laughs> how many true. pictures they would have to take and how many autographs they'd have to sign between here and there? I mean, it'd be like the football dog walk, but a whole lot longer. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, that's exactly Because this is. town is maroon now. I just got back, I just got back from, uh, we, I went over and washed the bus, and uh, I came back across town, and this town is maroon. Yeah. You have never seen so much in your life. Well, and, and every, okay, I think in 2013 when State was in that championship series, you know, you had 20,000 State fans in there. A whole bunch of them came, obviously, for obvious reasons, and there was a hopefulness. But there was also this, you know, we're kind of, we don't know what to expect. We're kind of glad. We can't believe we're here sort of thing. I sense more State fans have come for this one, so much so that many are here without tickets, and there's a little bit of a, not an expectation to win it, but a little bit of an edginess like we're going in there and we're going to yell and scream until we win the thing. Matt, I talked to Wes Ray, and uh, Wes Ray put one thing in perspective for me. He said in 13, he said, I was stepping into the cage there, into the turtle there on the field to take my first swings in batting practice. They had not opened the gates to the stadium. All the people were outside, and they started the maroon white cheer. And he said it was so loud, we thought the people were in the stadium. And he said it meant so much to that ball club to hear those fans outside. He says, I got the idea that an army was headed in to take this place over. <laughs> Well, it's really going to be that way tonight for sure. Now, you mentioned washing the bus. That's a big old bus. How does one man wash a bus like that? Well, I don't have Sharon Fanning here to help me like we did at the Final Four one year. But uh, <laughs> I miss that. But, yeah. no, we, uh, there's an automated place here that you can get it washed. So we went over and, and washed it. And this, this is the third time because it's rained a lot. And, you know, we, we want to be first class. We're the only team up here with our logoed bus. So uh, we, want, we want to make it first class and make sure it looks good. And, and by the way, thanks for the um – uh, advice and directions that was posted on a, a message board my dad saw it 
sent me the link to it and said, hey, I know you're leaving. This was yesterday. He said, this is the way E says you need to go. Go this way. And that's the way I went. Went through St. Louis. Well, and one of the things is one of the bridges in Memphis is out crossing Uh, the river. Now, I think going north, it's not as bad. But coming back, it'll be really bad because I got caught in that thing. I was on the road when all that shut down and I got caught in an hour and a half delay trying to get back across that river and so uh, that kind of taught me you better you better do something different no doubt St. Louis it was a beautiful drive yesterday for me I'm, you know from Tupelo basically all day long but then I I took a detour downtown St. Louis wanted to see the arts wanted to see where the Cardinals play and I got downtown and the bottom fell out you couldn't see your hand in front of your face it rained so hard water standing everywhere gushing everywhere I saw some tweets about, you know, the cornfields and everything, and what a boring drive. For an old farm boy, I, you know, I gorgeous. love that. It's gorgeous, and I'm, I'm sitting there saying, oh, the corn's knee-high or the corn's waist-high. I believe they'll have roasting ears by July the 4th or, <laughs> or whatever, you know. So I got a kick out of seeing the different stages and where the farming is up here compared to Mississippi. Yeah. Were those hay fields? Oh, yeah. They're, they're hay fields. Yes, sir. I'm talking about the biggest hay fields I've ever laid eyes on. There's a lot of wheat up in here, too, That and, and this is wheat harvesting season now. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a pretty drive. I mean, it is. It's beautiful, especially in weather like I had yesterday, just, you know, outside of that one little bit of rain there uh, in St. Louis. Okay, so I, I mentioned Jim Ellis. Uh, he, This is, I believe I'm getting this right, year number 43 for him. Mm-hmm. So it's 79 was his first. Okay, 79 was his first. Uh, so, yeah, if you count that up, number of seasons, I think we're right there, 43. Jim came in in 79 and right off the bat went to Omaha with a team. So, I mean, you know, no. maybe he was the, maybe he was the uh, maybe he's lucky good, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> the good luck charm. That's great. Well, y'all are back kind of where you belong, Everett. Appreciate you. You going to be in the booth tonight, son? I'll be up in the booth with Jim. You know, uh, I count pitches, and uh, yeah, Jim's got some help with Jay Powell, but Jay can do a lot of things, but he can't count. So. <laughs> I'll remind him of that. He's coming by a little bit later. Everett, thank you. Oh, uh, you bet. Thanks for what y'all do. Yeah, Everett Kennard, bus driver, Mississippi, bus driver, and more, Mississippi State. Y'all stick around. Live from Omaha continues day one. Stay with me. All right, back with you live in Omaha, Nebraska at the Team Hotel. I'm in the lobby of the Hilton downtown Omaha. We got a lot of folks here, a lot of fans, of course, staying at the hotel. And I think others who maybe come by to see people who are staying here, including the team. Like I say, they're here and this is where they will kind of originate their trip over to the stadium from later today. Uh, Sun was out early. been a really pretty nice morning, cool but uh, starting to cloud up a little bit. And I did see, at least earlier today, the forecast called for um, increasing rain chances throughout the day leading up to about 6, 7 o'clock tonight, around game time when it was going to jump up to possibly around maybe 50%. That was the latest forecast. I'll check it. I hadn't checked it in maybe the last hour uh, or so. I'm Matt. This is the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team, we just pick up the studio and bring it with me and set up here in the lobby of the hotel in, in, in Omaha. Uh, if you are tuning in, listen, 
More guests coming your way. But right now, I could uh, take your text messages on the Country Pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN. 601 number. <clears throat> 601-885-ESPN or 885-3776. Or you could call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Speaking of Divinity equipment, Divinity phone, Jimmy and Jackson, kind enough to hang on. What's up, Jimmy? Thanks for calling. Hey, Matt. Hey, MSU and these group of men, they have an opportunity to become national champions. You have to beat the current title holder, and you have to work and earn it. You got to be smart, tough, and good. So I want to know if lighter starts for Vanderbilt tonight. What do you got to do to get to lighter, and what is lighter throw at you to beat you? And uh, what should be? What are some good pointers for Mississippi State hitters? Hey, great question, uh, Jimmy. And look, I'll be honest with you. I think that is the matchup right there. You know, Christian McLeod's going to throw for Mississippi State. So on that side of it, I think he'll be better than he was his last time out. And, uh, you know, Vandy may come to life, but they haven't really hit the ball that well uh, so far in this tournament. I think that's, you know, a pretty decent matchup. But the real matchup here, it's it's lighter. He is, as you know, like legit top five type of pick. He's like legit one of the top three pitchers in the entire country this year in college baseball. And when he's on, uh, he's on. like He's like a Bednar. He's like a, a rocker, you know, in terms of starting pitchers. He can be unhittable when he's really got it working. And so, you know, the thing that you have to look at, Jimmy, Mississippi State's hitters have faced him once already this year. They beat him, okay, and it was in a matchup head-to-head with Bednar. That was game two of their series up in Nashville, and it was a heck of a ball game. That's the one state one was the game that Leiter pitched in. But that was a time of year Leiter, as a freshman, had sort of not hit a wall, but his little run of dominance had started to kind of like tire. He was just – he became pedestrian or average there for a couple of starts. I think um, – he, you know, I just expect him to be really good tonight. So what Mississippi State's got to do is they, they – you know, he's not a guy who you can work the pitch count up and then get to him. In other words, you know, being patient in the early innings so that you can get him to 90 or 100 pitches or get him out of the ball game. If, if he's good, he'll cruise right on into 120, 125 pitches, and that's what they've used him as all year long. So what State's got to do, they've got to be aggressive. That's what I think. You know, they've got to hunt fastball, go into the game. Uh, you know, State – Part of their way that they have beaten people is they are so hard to strike out. Um, they don't strike out a lot. Well, he's going to get his. Uh, you know, Jack Leiter is going to strike people out. He's going to get his. So, you know, go up there and be aggressive. Hunt fastball. Look for spin. You know, you're swinging over the baseball because he does not. He's got one of those, uh, you know, fastballs with a high spin rate as well. So, you know, it's a lot of talking to say. that. I just think you know, State's not going to beat him tonight. It, with a you know a, a real patient approach and see if he can you know walk guys. I think you got to look for fastballs and you got to go after it aggressively, and and that'll be uh, what they need to do. Thanks, Jimmy. Hey, I appreciate your call. I appreciate you being patient. Call me anytime. It's Jimmy and Jackson. All right, uh, Divinity. Uh, Di, excuse me, Divinity Equipment phone number is nine nine five one zero five nine six zero one. 
995-1059. Earlier, I got a text from Jeremy. He is two hours out from Omaha. He is on his way. On the country-pleasing text line, Grumpy says, Matt, what an awesome life moment for Braylon Skinner and Tanner Leggett. Mostly unheralded players, absolutely awesome for these young men at MSU. Congrats to you, the homecoming queen, Mary Liddy and Holly Brand. So happy for y'all. What a Saturday night. Grumpy and Mrs. Grumpy, glad we got to see it. Listen, uh, yeah, Holly Brand, the new Miss Mississippi. Uh, she is a special, special young lady. And her one of, well, two of her princesses, uh, the little girls that uh, were a part of that, you know, for her, representing her, my daughter and uh, my niece, Mary Beckett. And really special. So now they get to go to uh, Connecticut with her. Uh, when Holly moves on, and that, that you're right, that was a lot of fun, and and she is an outstanding representative, no question about it, for the state of Mississippi. Gator Nation says, if you could have one of the Braves, would you take? Uh, if you could have one on the Braves, would you take Mangum or Allen? <laughs> Gator Nation, I don't know about that. I mean, it would probably have to be, maybe it's Tanner Allen. I don't know. Maybe it's Mangum. That's a tough one. Louvier texted and said that his daughter is in Omaha. Hopes we get to meet her. I would love to. Uh, Louvier, uh, I'm here at the uh, hotel, at the lobby of the hotel downtown at the Hilton. It's the team hotel, not far from the ballpark. I'm here today doing the show until 3. We'll be back tomorrow, 12 to 3. And if uh, things get extended uh, for a third game in this series, I'll be back here Wednesday from 12 to 3. So uh, tell her to come by. I'd love to meet her uh, as well. Woodrow says, Matt, does the NC State no contest loss give Vanderbilt an advantage since they could rest all their pitchers? Yes, Woodrow, it absolutely does. The, the situation could not have worked out better for Vanderbilt con- considering the timing of it. They did not have to use lighter in that final game to get to this series, which if they had played the game at all, even against half of the NC State team, if they had played the game at all, then they would have used lighter, and you'd be facing somebody else tonight. The fact that that game got banged and canceled, it could not have been a better situation, more advantageous for Vanderbilt than what happened. That's just a fact of the matter. Uh, Ronnie texted the show. He said, how are you going to feel when MSU takes a natty home this week? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. Like, how do you feel um, if it happens? It's hard for me to get there, um, Ronnie, because, you know, as a state guy, I've never felt it before. No national championships in anything, right? So you're trying to wonder what it would – I'm trying to answer a question – wondering what it would feel like for it to happen for the first time well I, you know i don't even i don't even know what you say to it if i'm just kind of speculating on it what i think is um it, it will just be you'll you'll sit back at one point you'll be ecstatic if you're a fan and then you'll sit back at one point and just kind of soak it all in understanding that it's a historical moment or, or potentially you know but the other side of it is ronnie i i'm not very good at looking ahead um and I try not to very much, but I'm really not very good at looking ahead very much. Uh, and I think maybe that's sort of the residual effect of always playing ball growing up and playing ball in college and everything because you just become – it becomes habit to um, not look ahead and, and to consider what's in front of you, the weight of what's in front of you. And I will tell you the reality is 
Vanderbilt has the most talented roster top to bottom between these two teams. Vanderbilt has a team with players on it who won the last national championship. Uh, Vanderbilt has uh, the best pitcher in the stadium throwing for them tonight. Vanderbilt's got the advantage. Okay, that's the reality of it. Now, State's fan base is an advantage, but it's kind of like Chris Lamonis has said. You know, he even he even said it this way in regards to playing at Duty Noble. He said, you know, the dude effect doesn't kick in unless you give it a reason to kick in. You know, it's not loud until you hit a ball in the gap. Then it gets loud. You know, so you got to do something. And and I think everything I said is is just fact. That's that's kind of. The uh, way I feel about it. Now, Ronnie feels differently. Ronnie says it's not an if, it's they are. I will tell you, Ronnie, that there's a lot of confidence. You can just feel it. There is a lot of confidence with this team and this fan base. And just like Everett said, I mean, it, it, this place is just overrun with state fans. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, just listen to the hotel right now. Just listen to that. I mean, you just you can't believe it. You'd have to kind of be here to see this place. I will tell you this. Now, if everything goes according to plan, we'll get to talk to John Cohen coming up to start hour number two. Right now, it is an absolute monsoon outside here in downtown Omaha. It's not just raining. It's flooding. It's like Forrest Gump said. It's a big old fat rain. It's coming in sideways, rain coming up from the ground. I mean, it is it is flooding out there right now. Maybe it's just getting it over with, and uh, it won't be happening later tonight. That's what we can hope. All right, so that'll wrap up hour number one. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio on location live in Omaha, Nebraska. Hour two coming up. Stick around. Stick around.